It's hard to find an adult today whose life wasn't affected in some way from the September 11th attacks. At the time, no one could tell how big of an effect the attacks would have in the long run, even if veteran journalists who'd seen his fair share of heinous acts. Welcome to Reporting on 9-11, where we hear the emotional true stories of local journalists who brought us news from the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and Shanksville, Pennsylvania, two decades ago. I'm your host, David DeRoche. In this episode, we're going to hear from veteran Connecticut TV news anchor and reporter Dennis House. He headed to New York on the morning of 9-11 for what ended up being a life-altering trip, one that he says taught him the true value of life. So back in the day, this was before I was married and had kids, and I worked the night shift. I anchored the 6 o'clock news and the 11 o'clock news, so I never really worried about setting an alarm. I woke up when I woke up, and that morning I woke up to a phone call shortly after the first plane hit the towers. One of my friends called me to tell me about it, and I woke up, and I turned on the TV, and I saw the second plane hit, and I knew right then that I would be going to New York. I packed a bag for three days. That was my standard thing. I took one suit, maybe a couple shirts, a couple of ties, and I knew that I could swap everything else out. In retrospect, three days worth of clothes wouldn't be enough. Dennis and a photographer would end up staying in New York for almost three weeks. His trip began with a drive south to Stamford, Connecticut. We were going to go to Stamford Hospital because there was a belief that there were a lot of survivors that were going to be going there. And we went there, nothing was going on, so we continued to drive south, and we eventually parked somewhere in Manhattan. I don't exactly remember where, but it was north of Tribeca, and we just started walking south. And we passed people who were covered in soot, and just amazing. It was, you heard sirens everywhere. You could smell the smoke. And we walked as far south as we were allowed to go, and then we set up and went live there. By that time, people around the world had seen the Twin Towers collapse, but somehow he hadn't seen it yet. I did not see any video of the towers falling during the day. I was in a car. This was really before you could access the Internet on your phone. We had cell phones. and You could, I don't even know if you could text, but you could call certainly, and, but you couldn't look up stuff. So I had no idea what it looked like. And so I heard it on WCBS radio. I heard the description of the tower falling. And I was trying to envision what that possibly could have been like. And I guess in my mind, I pictured the towers just tipping over on their sides. I think that's what I sort of thought was happening. So I had no idea what it looked like. So it really wasn't until late, late in the evening till I got to a hotel room. Long after the 11 o'clock news was the first time I saw the towers fall, even though I'd been covering it all day long. But what struck him the most in those early days wasn't the physical destruction at Ground Zero. Instead, it was the desperation of people looking for lost family and friends. There were a lot of people hanging around looking for loved ones who had come to Lower Manhattan to look for their loved ones. And, you know, every so often you'd be approached by someone who'd say, hey, can you help me? I'm trying to find my, you know, my mother. Can you do a story on my dad or whoever it may be? And that story really unfolded in the days to come. And I remember just how heartbreaking that was. I remember the next day someone came up to me and their husband or boyfriend worked in Windows in the World, which was the restaurant at the top, and no one there survived. And they were holding pictures. And everywhere you saw in in the days to come, right after 9-11, pictures were plastered 
all over buildings because there was a belief that maybe these folks were badly injured and that they were out there somewhere or maybe trapped in the rubble. I think it was it was just so hard to comprehend or even to imagine that the building was pulverized as it was and so many human beings just disappeared instantly. Also weighing on his mind was what he imagined were the final desperate moments of people trapped in the Twin Towers. You know, I think the hardest thing for me was to see the pictures of the so-called jumpers because these people were at their very last moment of survival instincts and they probably couldn't breathe. Maybe they had fire coming at them. And the alternative was to get a few more moments of air and jump out that building. I, that still gives me chills to this day, just how terrifying it was. Um, and it's just, I'll never forget those images, ever. But fortunately, he didn't have to deal with the horror around him all alone. The next morning, the station sent fellow reporter Kara Sundland down to Ground Zero. He says that experience together changed both of their lives forever. We had been dating for a while. But that experience in 9-11 really brought us together, and we knew we could never be apart. And after our shifts were over, after the 11 o'clock news was over, we would walk around, and we went to the various firehouses where the vigils were being held in the pictures, and we spoke to people, and it was just so moving. It was really the first time that either of us had seen each other cry. That whole experience just changed us. We knew we wanted to be together. Um, it was going that direction anyway, but I think walking around in the middle of the night in Manhattan where it was so eerily quiet, and yet you would see people walking around at the firehouses with the vigils and the candles and the flowers and all the pictures. And um, we went to many of those firehouses and just sat and read, read the notes, read the cards. And it just it changed us forever as human beings. And we really saw the value of life. The value of life. That's the lesson Dennis says he learned from 9-11 and has stuck with him ever since. Every single person in that building who died, what were they doing the moment we hear all these stories about someone saying, I love you and leaving the house that day? But maybe the last thing was a fight. You just never know. Or maybe they were angry that their breakfast was late or something. There are some stories about a woman who just sat down. To, she just opened her breakfast. She had a long night or something, and she got out of there. You know, There were so many people who who called their loved ones at home and said, I'm going to get out of there. And then they didn't. And then there are others who, who did. So it was so random. And it, then you started to hear about people you knew or people from your town. And you started to read the stories about the people who died. And I remember the New York Times published obituaries or little stories on every human being who lost their life that day. And... I was reading them, and one guy I went to college with was in the towers, and he was, uh, he was killed instantly, never got a call out. There were others who did, and those were just heartbreaking. And later, when we got the tapes of those phone calls from people, that was just awful. That was just awful. But it also made me value life, because you just really never know. Dennis House and Kara Sundland got engaged eight months after reporting at Ground Zero. They married in 2003, and now they have two children. Both still work as TV news anchors and reporters in Connecticut. Thank you for listening to Reporting on 
This episode was reported, written, edited, and produced by Ben Bogardis, a journalism professor at Quinnipiac University, and hosted by me, David DeRoche. I am the director of community programming at the university. Special thanks for this episode go out to Dennis House, Quinnipiac University's School of Communications, and the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio, where this episode was recorded. For more stories from journalists who covered 9-11, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and also be sure to check out the other shows produced here at the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio by going over to qu.edu slash podcast. <laughs>